close your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Star Sport Podcast. I'm Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined, as always, by Star Sport editor, Kieran McCarthy. On today's show, we'll be reflecting on a famous win for Togar Celtic in the Beamish Cup final with our resident soccer guru, Mr. Jerm McCarthy. We'll also be talking rugby with our editor, Con Downing, ahead of Munster's crunch clash with Saracens in the Champions Cup semi-final this weekend but on a weekend when Tiger Woods won the Masters Liverpool beat Chelsea in the Premier League and the LA Clippers stunned the Golden State Warriors with a record NBA playoff comeback arguably the biggest sporting story of the weekend was a famous win for the Island Rovers over Calgary Rangers in the Cork Senior Football Championship Kieran, I don't think I'm over-egging it to say that it was a big win for the Island Rovers considering the last time they won a first-round championship game goes back as far as 2013. That's, that's, that's a good point, Jack. I don't think Island Rovers ever thought they'd be grouped together with Tiger Woods, Liverpool and the LA Clippers, but such is the weekend that they had, we'll, we'll let them have it this weekend. Now, like we said, um, first time since 2013, Ireland won a first-round game in the Senior Football Championship, which is fantastic for them, straight through to round three, no relegation worries um, like has been their case over the last couple of years. And the fact they beat Carberry Rangers, kind of local rivals here on Carberry, makes it all the sweeter. Um, Carberry Rangers have been one of the dominant teams in the senior football championship over the last Jesus, seven, eight years. I think it's either they've got the seven of the last eight semi-finals or eight of the last nine. It's one or the other. So that just shows you the level of consistency that Carberry Rangers have had. So for Ireland to go out and beat them, considering Ireland haven't been at their best in, in, in recent years, I think their manager, Flora Driscoll, was saying after on Sunday last year, they were struggling to get 10 for training. But this year they're getting 30. So there's obviously a huge effort going on out there. So it's, it's a fantastic win for them. Uh, another thing that Floor said after the game, Floor Jiskell, the Island Rovers manager, is that although it was a great win, they are expected to lose some players during the summer to the likes of the United States or wherever else. Young men go in this day and age, so that's obviously a worry, but take nothing away from a fantastic win. Exactly. like, um, And it's worth pointing out too, Jack, that Ireland were missing the likes of Stephen Leonard, who's been one of their top forwards for the last couple of years. It, he was a powerhouse there in that Ireland under-21 team, missing the experienced Kevin O'Sullivan. David Coughlin was missing as well. So they were missing a couple of players, yet they still beat Carberry Rangers by 2-9 to 1-9. Those two goals, those two early goals from, I think it was Sean O'Donovan and Tom Bush, they're obviously crucial in the win. Um, by the time the championship comes around again, it'll be months down the line. And it's almost, the way the senior football championship in Cork is, it's almost like two separate competitions. But there's still a feel-good factor that, that Ireland can take from this and take into the next part of the championship when it comes along. As yet, they still don't know who they're playing in the next round. The draws for, for round two and round three won't be made, in, I think, until late May. Um, but it's worth pointing out too, Jack, that Ireland have done very well to avoid getting involved in round two this year, which is the losers' round, because Castlehaven lost previously, um, Valley Rovers lost, you know, have Carberry Rangers in there. And you'll have one of either Bellincolig or, or O'Donovan Rasa in there either. So there's some very big hitters inside in round two of the Senior Football Championship this year. 
And when you consider that the revamped senior football championship is coming on board next year, and there's um, and it, let's say that the top eight, the, the, the eight quarter quarterfinals of this year's championship would automatically go through to the the premier senior next year, which is the top grade. And there's also kind of a, a grading system at play. So for Ireland to pick up this win, it gives them another couple of points because I think. And let me just check here. Following the results of the last couple of years, Ireland were ranked number at number eleven in the the football rankings. So they'll pick up ten points for this for this win. So um, for Ireland to try and get through to the top twelve and that top tier of the senior football championship next year, it was a quite an important result. And as they say, goals win games. And I wasn't one bit surprised to see one of the goal scorers being Sean O'Donovan, the Ireland Rovers captain, because he bagged more than. More than a few for the mighty Baltimore Crabs this season as well. So good to see Sean carrying on his junior soccer form into his senior football. Where do Calgary Rangers go from here though, Kieran? Um Ross need to regroup now, kind of they've to be fair to them, the likes of John Hayes started on the bench the last day. Um who was um Robbie Kiley was on the bench, Seamus Hayes came on, Robert Hegarty came on. So they were they weren't full strength starting off. But still, you still would have expected Carberry Rangers, given what they've achieved over the last couple of years, to, to be to be too strong for Ireland. So um, all is not lost. They still have the second round to to negotiate and get back on track. But it all depends now on, on that draw for round two. If you get Carberry Rangers against Castlehaven, that is an almighty clash. Kind of, um, one, of one of the big guns will be gone. You could have Carberry Rangers against against Valley Rovers, and Valleys have been very, very consistent over the last couple of years, nearly always in the quarter final. So this year of all years, round two, like I said earlier, there's there's some big hitters in there, like there's some big sharks right in, inside there right now. There's some teams you want to avoid. So Michal O'Sullivan, um, the Carberry Rangers manager, will will obviously have wanted to avoid going down this route. Like odds at last, they still have a chance to get back on board. There's um, they're a very, very good team still. They got to the to the semi-finals again last year. Um, you you wouldn't write them off, but everything depends on the draw now when that happens, Jack. And yeah, he said in his post-match interview that they were maybe slightly complacent on the day. Complacency, if that creeps in again to the second round, they'll be having a very short summer, you would assume. But for now, Kieran, we leave the GAA there. And as mentioned earlier, Togar Celtic secured their first Beamish Cup crown since 1997 with a 1-0 victory over defending champions Trina Rangers on Sunday and Kieran, you spoke earlier to Ger McCarthy who was at the game I'm joined now by Ger McCarthy who was at the Beamish Cup final on Sunday a game that Togar Celtic won 1-0 against the favourites Trina and were also the reigning champions so Ger, tell us a small bit about this game was it, it was obviously an upset for Togar to win but was it deserved? I think over the course of 90 minutes, yes, I think it was. Um, it was, I described it in this week's match report in the Southern Star as a, a tense, nervy affair rather than an exciting game. But that was to be expected because there's two teams who just knew each other so well. Um, we had spoken in the previous podcast about Toher's danger from set pieces and their opening goal, Dunica Collins scored it after three minutes, came from a corner. After that, to be fair, it was all Drina. Um, I mean, they, they they just threw the kitchen, the proverbial kitchen sink at them. But on the day, they encountered a man-of-the-match performance from Tohar's young goalkeeper, Kieran Murray, who was outstanding, made some fantastic saves. But they also hit the crossbar three times. 
Tomas Connolly with two separate headers and Keith Jago, who flew in with a volley about four or five yards out, 99 times out of 100. It's in the back of the net, hit off the crossbar and away to safety. And I think it was after that chance I started to think, you know, just maybe it's Toher's day. But not to take anything away from Toher, they defended superbly. Ian Crowley, Kevin Cotter at the back and up front, Johnny Kelly, Niall Hurley did an awful lot of extra work. And they ran their socks off and they had to, they rode their luck at times. But like to end the 22-year drought, I mean, just the, the scenes at the final whistle, like there was a lot of emotion. It meant, it means a huge amount to Tor. But uh, just a, a special word too for Drina and uh, the magnanimous way they handled defeat. They were obviously devastated. It was a chance to write themselves into the history books and win a, th- a three in a row. But they were graceful in defeat. The season isn't over, but uh, this one's going to sting for a while. When we were previewing this match, Joe, we spoke about the magic of the Beamish Cup, the magic of the Cup. And isn't it just fantastic that a team like Togo, like you said there, they've ended their 22-year wait, that they've gone and they've beaten the favourites, they've beaten the Premier Division champions, they beat the kind of the best team of the last decade, you could say, in the West Cork League. Togo went and they beat them because that offers hope to every other club going into next season when it comes to the Beamish Cup, you know. So bad news for Trina to lose, of course, but great news for the West Cork League and all the clubs involved. Absolutely. I mean, 100% agree with you. And the thing is, it was just a really good day for the West Cork League. The weather wasn't great. But there was a big crowd, a fantastic pitch again uh, from Skibreen AFC and the Baltimore Old Ground, which helped, you know, uh, helped contribute to a very, a very tense, but a very good quality cup final. Um, and yeah, you, like you're right, because what this has done for Tohar, as everybody that I interviewed afterwards, and you read about it again this week, started the reaction to it, all the young kids that were there. It's, it's amazing the amount of young fellas that were actually playing, I say young fellas, the younger guys that were playing in this year's Tours Cup final team that were there or were heard about 22 years ago and the effect it had on them that everyone in the club still talks about that, that previous Cup final win. What this Cup final win does is it boosts Tour. They have no fear. We spoke about it before. They don't have any fear of Drina, but they respect them. But it's a long time since they beat them one-on-one in a competitive game. This alone, for uh, to give them a boost and to give them a confidence boost heading into next year, keeps the squad together, gives the players something to aim for, come back and try and retain the title. And don't forget, they weren't that far away from the Premier Division title this year. They faded in the last couple of weeks, unfortunately, lost a couple of crucial games. They are not that far away from uh, challenging for a league title again this year. But you're right, what this does for the Ballady Hobbs, for the Lawyer Rovers, uh, for the Demanway Towns, for the Spartak Moscows, even the teams that struggle in the top division, what it does for them is it shows that on any given day, you can actually pull off a shock result and no better competition than the Beamish Cup to do it. And one of the better cup finals I've been at in, in the last few years, uh, not alone just for the emotion, the raw emotion at the end and the tears uh, from, from tour, but also just for the whole spectacle and the occasion itself. Like, it was a really, really good day for the West Cork League. Like we said earlier, we really do want to congratulate Tover, And I think the celebrations will probably last for the week in, in Dunmanway and the Arch Bar. But Drina don't have too much time to feel sorry for themselves. They have a busy weekend and a busy couple of weeks coming up, Joe. Yes, they do. And, and just on the arch bar, I've already seen a couple of tweets and I've stopped looking at Twitter now because, uh, you know, I think the celebrations could be like the Balabuya races. They may go on for some time, uh, but deservedly so. For Drina, you're right. They've got to dust themselves down and come back very quickly. They've got a Maybury Cup final this weekend and they also have a Premier Division title to retain. It looks like, depending on Dunmanway and Bunratty's result this weekend coming, that it will come down to the final game against Dunmanway. What a game that will be and what an occasion. Another cup final. But every game between now and the end of the season are cup finals for Drina. 
And I have to say again, they didn't play badly in the Beamish Cup final. They played very, very well. But some of the old failings of the past 12 months, maybe the last two years, were not taking chances when they arose, came back to bite them. No, it wasn't always their fault, as I alluded to. They, they, Kieran Murray denied them out on how many occasions. He hit the crossbar. Another day, they could have had three goals. But like all of a sudden, you know, there's a little bit of pressure on them now because it seems ridiculous to say it. Like they're still fighting for two or three different trophies. But were they not to win the league, were they not to win maybe even the Maybury Cup, people might look upon this league as or this season as as a disappointment. It's not that it's only twelve months ago they won five trophies. It's only not even twelve months ago they won the most prestigious team award in West Cork, the Celtic Ross Southern Star C one oh three team of the year award. Not an easy award to win at all, considering the diff- different teams and different sports involved. They are still the pinnacle. They are still the yardstick for West Cork League uh, football, irrespective of the Beamish Cup decision. And to be honest, irrespective of how the season ends. And one bright bit of hope for them is a lot of their younger players played really, really well in the Cup final. And they're going to need them over the next couple of weeks. But yes, the Maybury Cup final, all of a sudden, they'll want to bounce back. Um, losing two Cup finals in a row would really put the pressure on them facing Dunmanway for the league the following weekend. Like you said there, there's a lot to play for in the couple of weeks ahead, especially in the league. Jordan's very tight. We've betted the hop top on 31 points at the moment. Greener Rangers on 29 points in Dunmanway Town on 27 points. But Dunmanway Town have a game in hand and two games in hand in Betty the hop. So like you said, a lot to play for. But before I let you go, Jor, this is also a very important week in the West Cork Schoolboys League this weekend coming up. It's the start of summer soccer. Can you tell me a small bit about that and how important this is, I suppose, for schoolboy soccer locally here in West Cork? It, it's absolutely huge. For the first time ever, um, the West Cork Schoolboys League traditionally began their seasons in September when kids went back to school and finished in around April or May, whenever they could, depending on the weather. A new FAI, SFAI rule change, which comes into effect in 2020, not this year, but next year, says that every schoolboys league in the country, can the earliest they can start their league is March and the earliest or the latest they can finish it is November. So what that means is it gives schoolboys leagues all over the country in 2020, moving away from the winter months, bad pitches, bad weather, and giving them an opportunity to play in better conditions, warmer conditions, and better playing surfaces between March and November. The West Coast Schoolboys League, two years ago, voted against move, making the move earlier at an AGM, but last year's AGM, they decided they're going to go a year early. And the reason they're doing that is to try to get their ducks in a row, for want of a better cliche. So what it means is, for the under 12 to under 16 age grades, the league now, a brand new league, will start this coming weekend on April the 20th and run up to and possibly including November. It could be finished before that. It may be finished in and around that. But what it does is it gives the West Cork School by League, and this is absolutely crucial, it, on the positive side, it gives games that are postponed, say, on a given Saturday, an opportunity to play them midweek. In the winter time. if a game is called off on a Saturday, say, for an under 12 team, they have to wait two weeks before their next fixture comes up and they never really get a chance with the dark evenings and the bad weather to get a game in between that. This changes the entire landscape. Now, obviously, it also uh, occurs at the same time of the year when GEA and a lot of other sports are going on as well. And that's the big thing. But before everybody you know, makes a decision and makes up their mind that it's a good, bad or indifferent idea, all I'd say is give it a chance first. Let's see how it goes. Saturday, there's an awful lot of games going ahead. I know we've had bad weather this week, but the reality is that most of those, if not all those games, will be played. And any ones that have already been postponed can take place midweek. And that's the crucial thing. Where the West Coast Schoolboys League has always been hamstrung is that it only had a very short period on a Saturday morning or a Saturday afternoon to get games played. 
this changes everything. Will it work? We don't know. Will it be a disaster? We don't know. I think we're going to get something in the middle, to be quite honest with you. And I would tell people that don't know anything about the rule change and why it's happening. This change from March to November was piloted in three different schoolboys leagues over three years ago. Donegal, Clare and Dublin. In Dublin, it went off fine, as you'd expect with the, with the population and a lot of people just playing soccer. But in Clare and Donegal, two pretty important GAA areas, they lost a lot. Soccer lost a lot of players and teams the first couple of years when they moved to March, November. But since then, since then, both Clare and, Mar- and Donegal are reporting record numbers of kids playing soccer. Why? Because it all evened itself out. The GAN soccer clubs eventually started talking and the kids that wanted to play soccer and wanted to play both found a way to do so. Will it work in West Cork? I really don't know. I have high hopes and I'm being positive about it. I think it will. And in the long run, this is a hugely important and beneficial thing for West Coast School Boys League Soccer. Like you said there, Derek, like maybe there might be teething problems this year, but the hope is that the soccer and the GA can coexist together. There is room for both of them, you know. I mean, I think people really need to give this a chance, you know. It's kind of, it's a great opportunity for the School Boys League and hopefully like, bigger things will lie ahead, you know. So the hope is that these two sports can coexist together because... There's lots of bright evens there in, in the months ahead, you know, there's, exactly. and, and it's important too, Joe, I think, for kids to have options, you know, you don't want to kind of shoehorn a kid down, down one sport when they're, when they're so young, just give them options, see what happens, and just, just maybe let them choose themselves then. It, hopefully it won't come to that in terms of choosing, it's a good point, because a lot of parents have asked me that, does this mean I have to choose between one and the other? No, I don't think you do, and you're right, I think there's enough time and enough evenings for it to, no, there's lots of other sports, Karen, and this is the thing. Yeah. You've seen in West Cork, you write about it every week, rowing, bowling, basketball. Basketball is becoming huge. And a lot of other sports like judo, like uh, kickboxing, karate, all the kind of what would have been referred to as minority sports in the past. They're no longer minority sports because there's huge amounts of kids taking part in them. Let's see what happens. Let's yeah. give it a chance. Um, one good thing that soccer has is it has time to breathe. It doesn't have to run off everything every weekend between now and November. And please don't think that they're trying to do that. There's even talks of taking a break at different times of the summer when other age groups are very active in the GAA and giving that a chance. It's worked in Clare. It's worked in Donegal. There's no reason it can't work in West Cork. And just one final point. The reason this is very, very important. West Cork is starting to produce real quality young soccer players. It always has produced people like Conor Ellis, People like uh, even Dara McElhenney, uh, the cross-country runner, was a fantastic soccer player. Um, we've had lots of good soccer players that have made it. Denzel Fernandez now playing for Cove Ramblers. But last Saturday, last Saturday afternoon, in the, in the SSE Airtricity Under-13 League of Ireland, Cork City played Cove. On the Cork team were Keith McCarthy, who came through from Tor, and Sam Bailey, who came through from Lawyer Rovers. And on the Cove Ramblers team, Sean Murphy from Dunmanway, Owen Bowden from Banshee Bear Rovers, and Luca Moen from uh, Lawyer Rovers. Five players playing League of Ireland football at under 13 level. That's what the Schoolboys League is trying to aspire to, to give kids who want the opportunity to take that career arc to, get, to allow them to do that. And hopefully moving to March, November timeframe uh, will increase the chances of that happening. That's a great point, John. Come here. Thanks again for joining us again, and we'll be in touch with you soon. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one, 
for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. I'm joined in the studio by Southern Star Editor and West Cork Rugby aficionado, Condoning. That's a, that's a mouthful. It's <laughs> too big a word for the Kerry man. <laughs> <laughs> to, to preview Munster's clash with Saracens at the Rico Arena on Saturday. But Con, before we chat about Munster, it was a fantastic weekend for local rugby last weekend with both Skibbereen and Bandon claiming national honours at underage level. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the, Skibri- uh, the Bandon under-16s had a, a great win over Gorey and mm-hmm. uh, won very convincingly. There was a bit more controversy, all right, in the Skibbereen game because uh, the uh, in the 10-all. And um, the game, probably under Munster rules and um, Leinster branch rules, uh, should pro- possibly have been awarded to uh, Navin because the rule states that uh, the uh, team with the greatest number of tries uh, will win in the event of a draw. It was a 10-all draw. And then if uh, they can't split him that way, it's the team who got the first try. And the first uh, try was got by Navin. Mm-hmm. So there was an, uh, a ruling then by the IRFU, uh, which uh, was invoked then by the referee, that said that um, they would share it. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Navin lads were understandably very disappointed. But of course... The Skibreen lads who had to travel much further up to Mullingar to play that game were delighted to uh, win and uh, they're sharing the cup now and Skib won the toss then to bring the uh, cup back uh, to West Cork first. So I think, um, you know, even uh, whatever about the circumstances, the fact that they went so far, made it to the final, acquitted themselves so well, I think uh, it was a great year for Skibreen and of course another great year for Bandon as well. So we're delighted to see all the up and coming young ta- rugby talent in West Cork and uh, it can only be onwards and upwards from here, I think. I think we've talked a lot in this podcast over the last couple of weeks about how strong rugby is here in West Cork and the success of Bandon and Skibreen last begin proves that again. And before we actually move on to, to the Munster game against Saracens this weekend, the, the this was the the Munster Italian Supporters Club was out in force l- oh, last weekend. Con and um, your own daughter Ema was at the, the the Pro 14 game over there, and she met a couple of our of our local lads after. That's right. Yeah, uh, the uh, three local lads were playing the game. Uh, Darren Sweetnam wasn't playing for all the game because unfortunately he got sin binned for a deliberate knock on, uh, which is a bit harsh. But anyway, that's the way the game goes. And uh, we had Finian Witcherly, of course, from Kaelkill, and we also had Gavin Coombs from Skibreen. Gavin actually uh, made the break that set up the first try, Reese Marshall's try. And uh, Finian, as usual, acquitted himself well throughout the game. And uh, they showed great heart and great spirit uh, to make a comeback because they were up against a very, very strong Benetton. Uh, Treviso team like who would have comprised possibly up to two thirds of the Italian mm-hmm. national team and um, the, to to show the character to come back in the way they did and come away with a bonus point victory uh, was fantastic altogether you know and that only feeds into the positivity in the camp and is going to be a very good thing uh, for facing Saracens even though a lot of the lads that played in that game mm-hmm. uh, in Treviso last uh, Friday night won't be playing against Saracens but still it, it lifts the mood in the mm-hmm. camp and I think uh, for morale and spirit and things like that is very important What are the odds of seeing some of our West Cork fellas on for, for Munster against Harrison's this weekend? Uh, very difficult to call you know because sometimes you can say 
uh, so-and-so's issue in, but I think uh, there's such competition for places now, and, um, you know, maybe Darren Sweetnam might make it in, maybe on the bench or something. It's, it's, it's difficult to say, and who knows who's going to get injured in training. I mean, or even somebody could even get injured in the warm-up before the game, you know, because uh, it's pretty intense. But uh, it would be nice, all right, to see uh, at least one, if not more, of the West Cork lads uh, involved in the game against Saracens, which is going to be a huge challenge. I see Peter Mahoney in the build-up. He said that Munster need the performance of the year to get the better Saracens. And was it two years ago the Saracens beat Munster at this stage as well? So That's right, yeah. What sort of battle are you expecting this weekend, Con? Uh, it's going to be a tough battle. Any battle with uh, Saracens is a tough one, you know. And, I mean, um, in the game um, two years ago uh, against them, uh, certainly Munster didn't do themselves justice in that game they weren't uh, I know the scoreline suggests differently but they weren't too far off the pace there was a lot of misplaced kicking and you know uh, I think that day Tyler Blindell uh, had a very poor game and uh, he'll probably be there now for Jory Carberry uh, this weekend so it's a chance for him to make amends you know I mean I'd be hoping that history would repeat itself because I was at the game in uh, 2008 mm-hmm. in uh, Coventry when they played Saracens before and it was a real uh, grud sort of a match. It was a very low scoring game. There was a downpour in the middle of it. but um, And Munster uh, ground out a result mm-hmm. and in the other semi-final that year, Toulouse... Uh, I think beat London Irish and they went on to the final so we wouldn't mind uh, Munster uh, Toulouse final even though I would say the bookmakers would be predicting a um, Saracens uh, Leinster final but I suppose hope springs eternal Prediction time so Con put your reputation as the number one expert of rugby here in, in West Cork put your reputation on the line call Saturday's game I don't think I have much of a reputation <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll preface it by saying that well I suppose if you were to be realistic about it your head would have to say uh, Saracens but my heart says monster so I hope my heart wins out this time and it's worth pointing out too, Con, that the week, the weekend after, it's the final Pro 14 game against Connacht. And again, that's a game where we might see some of the the Fleen Witcheries, the Gavin Coombs and, and Darren Sweetnam. Yes. Yeah, I'd hope so. Um, it's 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 a it's a big game because first of all, they have got to beat uh, Connacht um, uh, to have any hope mm-hmm. of getting a semi final berth. Like last weekend, we would have hoped that our nice neighbours in Leinster would have done us a favour by beating Glasgow, but for some reason they didn't oblige. So uh, Glasgow are still uh, leading the table uh, and are still into the automatic semi-final position. Uh, Munster have a quarter-final berth already booked, but it would be nice uh, for uh, automatic uh, qualification for the semi-final. But for that to happen, Munster obviously have to go and beat Connacht, which is probably doable because mm-hmm. Connacht, having already qualified for the quarterfinals and not being able to do any better, will um, probably not feel a full-strength team because uh, their resources would be a bit too stretched if they got injuries as a result of doing that. And then what we need to happen is for Edinburgh to beat um, Glasgow in the in their final game. Now, uh, I can't see that happening on current form, but you never know. Lots to play for so in, in the weeks ahead. Indeed. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork 
and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. It's the 10th episode of the Star Sport Podcast. And generally, in every episode we've had so far, this particular portion of the show is usually the most popular. It's the peak where most people actually, we know from analytics, they tune in especially for this portion of the show. It's a portion of the show when Kieran McCarthy, Star Sport Editor, tells us what's coming up in this Thursday's edition of the Southern Star. Just a quick little drum roll. Kieran, what's in this week's paper? Jack, this is an absolute cracker. No. It's another 24-page action-packed Southern Star sports section winging its way to all our readers in West Cork this Thursday. Again, it is something for everyone. Um, so whether you're an Island Rovers supporter and you want to relive that superb victory over Carberry Rangers, that's there. Whether you're a Cork ladies football fan looking forward to this weekend's National League Division 1 semi-final against the Dubs, that's there. <laughs> we have, for Togar Celtic fans, this is not to be missed. We have a two-page special on the Beamish Cup final win against Drina Rangers. So when you consider that Togo didn't win this cup since 1997, you have to go out and, and, and buy, and buy this a collector's paper. item. It is a collector's item. So I'm expecting it to sell out. Um, so as well as that, we have a lovely story actually about this young teenager from Cora, Liam Murray, who played for the FAI 2005 National Academy squad against the Netherlands uh, last week. It's a fantastic honour for, for this young fella. He's a 14-year-old um, 14 year old um from from west cork and i was just looking through jack um the team sheet of the netherlands team that they played and it was young fellas from ix from psv from Feyenoord, and there's one fella and i'm not even going to try and pronounce his name because it's gone from my head and he's valued at over a million already he's with ix he's a striker so for this young car a teenager lee murray to get the chance to share the pitch with these top dutch talents um is fantastic so like i said there's something for everyone in there um so just go, go out, pick up the star, and you will not be disappointed. And as always, the Southern Star is available in shops around West Cork and Cork City every Thursday morning. And it's also available online for less than €2 Euro per week at www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. So if you can't get to a shop to buy it, you can buy it online and read it on your phone, your iPad your laptop, your desktop computer, your Dell, your Samsung, whatever piece of equipment you have, you can read the Southern Star for less than two euro a week or buy it in the shops and enjoy that's, that sweet, sweet broad street. That's great. Or, or tabloid if you read the sports section. <laughs> that's great value for, for, for money, Jack, I have to say. And as always, we ask for questions every week. If you have any questions, email them to sport at southernstar.ie. I got an odd one in my inbox this week, Jack, and it said, is it true the rumours that Jack is making his debut for the O'Donovan Rasa Junior Hurlers against Belgooley this weekend? Is there any truth to the rumour? Jack, I have to put it to you. This is the place to kind of tell us what's happening. Um, well, I can't definitively say if I will make my debut or not, but uh, I'm fairly certain my transfer has been approved. So it's going to be up to the management team whether I whether I have a role to play on Saturday or not. But fingers crossed, fingers crossed, I'll get the nod, whether that be from the bench or from the start. I, I, I'll just be happy to do my bit and help out the Rosses. Like O'Donovan Rosses, um, junior hurlers got to the County Junior B final last year. Uh, great effort. Um, 
So they now have Jack on board this year. But, and I have to, I have to warn Odun van Rasse, to be quite honest, because I feel it's my duty, Jack has cut his hair. <laughs> and as we all know, many years ago, the, the tale of Samson, when Samson cut his hair, he lost his strength. So, Jack, the fact you've cut your hair now and the curls aren't what they were, is your hurling skill and is your hurling level still remain the same? That's what we all want to know. Um, well, my hurling skill and hurling level was never, was never so high that I had much to lose, whether it be from my curls or just naturally so i won't be too worried about the effects my curls had on my hurling ability what i will say about cutting the hurls is i have an old cooper helmet one of the old style ones mm-hmm. with cracks in it and grain and all sorts and since i've cut my curls the helmet actually fits a bit snugger so uh that's a bonus it's not giving me migraines when i play so do you know there's ups and downs so that's a recommend peaks and troughs recommendation from jack if you're getting your championship haircut Especially hurlers, the tighter the better the helmet fits in. So no, best luck this weekend, Jack. Hopefully you'll make your debut and hope everything goes well for the for the skib hurlers. So um thanks for everyone for listening again to the Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. And if you enjoyed these shows, which I'm sure all of you do, then please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork.